In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Christ is risen. Christos Anesti. So on Thursday, this past Thursday, we celebrated the Feast of the Ascension, and we continue to celebrate the Feast of the Ascension um, until the Feast of the Pentecost, which is next Sunday. Okay, so, so 10 days from the... So Jesus appeared to the disciples 40 days after his resurrection, and then, we, and then he ascended into heaven, and then he sent the Holy Spirit on the Feast of Pentecost 10 days later. And so that's why we celebrate it um, uh, next Sunday. So that's why you notice that the, that the hymns today included um, the ascension in addition to the resurrection. So this morning we read from John chapter 16, and Christ is preparing his disciples for his return to the Father, and he encourages them to have joy despite the difficulties that, that they will face. So today I want to reflect on how not only is the that the ascension is not only um, or simply a feast that represents joy, but how the ascension is joy, how the ascension is the elevation of our souls. It's not simply an event that happened to Christ that, that we don't somehow relate to. And so when we think about the ascension, our minds think about Jesus flying upwards, you know, maybe like in this, in this icon. But the ascension isn't that way in a literal sense because then Jesus could be perceived or considered as one who is far away, one who has left the earth. But the ascension is the elevation of the resurrection in which he is in a dimension that actually makes him closer to us than we are to ourselves. Thinking, think of it like taking a, a two-dimensional square and elevating it to be a cube. It, it has now a new dimension in which everything becomes reachable. Father the Matthew the Poor, he says, Therefore, in the ascension lies the mystery of the great abundant and of the great endurance of all pain, even unto death. And in sitting in the heavens with Christ, there lies the utmost hope and joy and the, uh, and the ultimate aim of all creation, old and new. So he's speaking about the ascension, what the ascension represents, and that in the ascension and in the sitting of the right hand with Christ, in the heavens with Christ, there lies the utmost joy. So for us, joy is an ascension. Joy is an elevation above all the earthly aspects of our lives. It is where we see above, within, and through everything that we are confronted by. In an example of like a wheel of a bicycle, the world is used to living on the surface and the whole thing spins. And all the troubles those are like all the troubles, all the normal things that happen to us on a daily basis is this wheel. And this wheel is constantly turning. But the ascended person, the joyful person, is in the middle and sees the spoke and the tire turning, but they don't turn with it. They see it. They know it's happening. They know that it will cause change. But their ascension and joy is what governs how they respond to the spinning wheel. We all have troubles, whether it is that we hate our jobs, that we can't be at peace with our children or even with our parents, whether we are tight on money or anxious about our health or the health of our loved ones, whether my children are performing the way that they should be in church or in, their sport or in school and in their sports, how people might be judging me. So many things are spinning around us round and round and, and many times we get caught being spun with those problems. And all of the problems that we face are legitimate. They are, they are 
legitimate concerns, but joy governs the mess by making the choice of entering into joy instead, to enter into joy. And if we read in the verse that Jesus said today, until now you have asked nothing in my name, ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. He doesn't say ask for joy. He said ask for everything that is good for you, then you will be able to enter into joy. If we think about the parable of the talents, in Matthew 25, Jesus, he, he speaks about the, um, about the servants who received their talents and the one who received one buried his talent and the others went and, and grew their talents. And he said to the ones who grew their talents, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over all things. I will make you ruler over many things. And then what does he say? What into the joy of, our, of your Lord? Enter, enter into the joy of your Lord. Happiness or the worldly understanding of joy sometimes is something that we receive because it's, they are found in certain things, people, places, etc. But they are easily lost since those things all perish. They change. But spiritual joy is a place that we ascend into, a place that we enter into. Now, not only is it something that we should desire to enter into, but interestingly, St. Paul, he commands us to be joyful people, which is strange. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. It's very strange. Imagine if you, if you are going through a tough time and someone says, just be joyful. You would probably want to punch them in the face or something, right? That's a very frustrating thing. And so... Um, Father Matthew the poor, he says, in order to taste this ascension, what it means for be joyful or to rejoice, he says we must be in a state of prayer and blessing for everybody, for every prosecutor, everyone who offends, curses, reviles, or says all manner of evil against us falsely. Our heart must be in a state of total forgiveness and true peace, compassion and affection for everyone. So we can break loose from the gravity of earth into the sense of ascension and taste and live it in the spirit and in truth. So there's three things that he's, that he's speaking to us about here in, in, this, in, this, uh, in his saying. Number one is that joy is not an escape from earth or what's going on in our life. It isn't to see the earth as bad or to always hope that I leave from this world, God, please take me. But ascension actually is where heaven and earth, they actually meet. And that is a rare place. That is a rare thing to happen. Jesus' ascension literally becomes the meeting point of heaven and earth with his, with his new glorified body. But it is a real body. Did, did he not have wounds that, that the disciples could physically touch? Was it not a physical body? So in the ascension, the earth and the heavens finally have met. And that is why joy is the secret of Christianity. It is, it is the secret of Christianity. I cannot ask for it. I must enter into a truth that only exists through Christ. Joy is the secret of having the brokenness of humanity and meeting it with heaven and being victorious over it. The second thing that we, that we hear in his saying is that joy is not to pretend that I am happy. It is not to pretend. I could still feel sad, upset, anxious, frustrated, but it's willing to commit to certain sufferings, but with some conditions. So when someone says to rejoice, it is, it is that we have these conditions. That it is not to escape, but to endure. And it is not to pretend that I'm happy. 
and there are certain conditions. And the conditions are things like being willing to stay silent without resentment, willingness to rejoice for others without jealousy, a willingness to accept criticism without defensiveness. Why the conditions? Because without these conditions, many can achieve those things. Many can stay silent. Many can show joy for others. Many can accept criticism. But what is the state of the heart? The heart is unique in when, when I am living in a life of joy and a life of ascension. And so these conditions are what invites us into joy. And the third one is that joy is something that I'm called to invite others into as well. Not to diminish their difficulties. Not to say, it's okay, just rejoice. Not to diminish them, but to encourage them towards the choice of ascension. To have these conditions. To endure. What am I, you know, what am I like whenever, whenever someone, someone is going through a difficult time? Am I a source of joy and ascension? Or am I a source of, like, ikta'ib or, like, you know, uh, pain and suffering to, to them, right? So I also have to be a source of joy. And yes, there is always a veil between the fullness of God and all of us in the world. As we say at the end of every liturgy, for no eye has seen nor ear heard, neither has come upon the heart of man the things which you, O God, have prepared for those who love your holy name. So yes, can the fullness of our joy be manifested? No. We will receive the fullness of our joy when we inherit the kingdom of heaven. But God always reveals more and more to us. The more that we, that we follow this life of ascension, the more that God will reveal. And we celebrate next week the Pentecost, the receiving of the Holy Spirit. And so the veil doesn't have to be a source of frustration, doubt, or confusion, but it can be a source of hope and confidence in His graces that leads us into the joy of our Lord. To Him be the glory both now and ever and unto the ages of all ages. Amen. Ale